Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's GQ here with yet another episode on the How We Solve show. And today I have with me our special guest, Gen Furukawa, who is the co-founder of Prehook, an interactive quiz builder for Shopify merchants. He's also the host of the Cart Overflow podcast, sharing playbooks on e-commerce marketing from the leading operators and practitioners. Prior to launching Prehook, Gen led the marketing team at Jungle Scout, a leading Amazon seller software. Gen is based in Austin, Texas. Gen, welcome to the show. GQ, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. I was just on your show about a week ago, so it's really nice to catch up with you. No kidding. And I assume you are not yet in Portugal? No, I am not yet in Portugal, unfortunately. It's going to be a bit of a long wait. I'll hopefully be there in the next few weeks. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so too. (laughs) Fingers crossed. But yeah, now that we've swapped seats, I'm going to be the host today. I'm going to dive into the conversation. I think there's a really, really cool problem that you've highlighted in our show notes, right? And so if you could share, what's the problem that we're solving today? So the problem is, how do you know what your customers want? This is something that from the brick and mortar experience, if you're shopping in person, is easy. You ask a few questions, you get an idea of what the customer wants, what their interests are, what their preference, what their challenges, what their ideal end state is. If you're online, it is far harder. And specifically, if you're on a Shopify store or your own hosted e-commerce store, it's harder. Amazon is a little bit different because Amazon is very driven by search terms. So you know exactly that they want a red widget for kids four to five years old, for example. But if you have a product, your product could be positioned in many different ways, depending on what your customers are looking for. And so that's, I think, the problem that we can solve together is how do you understand the customer's problems so that you can solve it best and position your product best to improve conversion rate, drive average order value up, and ultimately increase customer lifetime value, something that you're an expert in over time by, by knowing what they want. And I think that makes a lot of sense because, you know, when we're building brands, we're building products and, and even in customer service, right? We kind of just like, hey, let's, let's just assume whatever customers want and then just kind of test that out all the time. And I think it's really interesting through quizzes, for example, that you're able to get that actual feedback. And we see that when customers get the opportunity to respond and give you that information, the answers can be quite surprising. Out of curiosity, like what's one of the most interesting things that you've learned while building pre-hook that you've seen, you know, like maybe your clients have an idea about their customers this way, but then after, you know, running pre-hook, they're like, hey, you know what? Actually, customers are more interested in something else. Yeah, I think the product research element, like the R&D part of it is really interesting where brands can ask questions. And of course, you kind of get some qualitative data from your support team or maybe like a sales team if it's a higher average order value product. But the quiz is great because you're getting structured data. That means it's very easy. Everybody is answering the same question based on the responses. So it it becomes very apparent when there's a higher proportion of customers that are leading towards this or looking for that. So we have some brands that are using it for customer research, like a food brand, for example, when they're thinking of what the different products or flavors that they're moving towards. And this is like a kid's brand. They ask whether it was going to be a fruity, chocolatey, nutty, all these different things. And after running paid traffic to it, after running their direct traffic and organic traffic to the quiz, it became very apparent where there was more of a need 
which helped their product research and ultimately their product development so that they knew they had some validated idea of when they launch this product, there's a larger proportion of their customer base, their existing people on their site who are more likely to buy this over that. Oh, that's amazing. And that, like you said, gives brands a lot more ideas on future products. And then, like you said, extending the customer lifetime value because people keep coming back and they understand that, hey, the brand actually listens and it's building products that we want. Absolutely. And you can get this from snippets of conversation or get an idea. But when you're able to quantify it and you're able to quantify it at scale of thousands, tens of thousands of responses, then you're getting to statistical significance. And it's just far more verifiable that you can put money behind this decision that it's data-driven. Let's dig into this, right? So the problem we talked about today is how to learn what your customers really want. And so what's the first step? How do we start learning about what they really want? Yeah, the first step is actually looking internally to what would be most helpful for you to solve. So if we're talking dog food brands, for example, that's a great example because dogs have a very specific need based on their age, for example, or based on their breed. But the end product would be very different depending on what they are. So if you're the brand or you're the merchant and you're selling your product, I think the most helpful thing is to think about what data points do I need in order to position my product most effectively. So if it were a dog brand, for example, you would want to know what the breed is, what the size, what the age, and then these things will correlate to the product that you would ultimately recommend. And it's not just the product. And I think this is where the data becomes very helpful that you gather from a quiz, any like e-commerce quiz, you are able to take that information and automatically send it to your email or your SMS or your paid ads platform. And from there, you're able to create a far tighter segmentation so that the mm -hmm. relevance of your positioning of the product to the customer's needs is spot on. And then more so you're able to create that aspirational end image. Seth Godin has a great quote that I love it. And I think it's like marketing is basically the selfless act of helping your customers achieve their goals. And so once you know where they are and you know where they want to be, then it's far easier for you to bridge the gap and position your product appropriately. So to kind of like bring it back to your question, where to start, I think it's understanding what data you need in order to position your product the best and then figure out how that kind of translates into questions that you can ask your customers. Very cool. So once you kind of figured that out, and I guess that kind of leads to the fields that you're going to be collecting information from, and you've kind of already defined those data points that you want to find out more from your customers. You have that list or perhaps that base to reach out to, you know where to kind of look for that feedback. What's the next step? Do we jump straight into creating that actual quiz, for example, to send out? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so once you have the idea, then you can maybe get more granular. And this quickly gets a little bit more advanced, but you want to make the quiz as engaging and personalized as possible, tailored to your needs. And so what that translates to in the actual quiz is that everybody goes down a different path. And so then you're getting into what the conditional logic is, which is basically like, if then. If GQ is in Portugal, then we can ask more questions about Portugal. If Den is in America, then we can ask more questions about that. And so what that ultimately means is that you're able to like get very specific as opposed to generic questions that everybody gets. It's a little bit more advanced and it can get it complicated, but I think ideally that's the next step in thinking out the flow chart of what the quiz would look like, which is maybe the next best thing is like sketch it out and by hand is easy or typing it out 
but we know what our goals are. We know what the different personas that we have and how they map out to the questions that we're trying to ask them. And then from there, I think it's best to, once you have your quiz platform, so Prehook does this, there are others on the market. If you just look in the Shopify store, or you you don't even need to be on Shopify type form, for example, you can build out the quiz. And ideally, I think you want to keep in mind that you want to keep it as short as possible while still gathering value from the customer and also delivering value. And so that was something that maybe I, I should have started with as well in the very first steps is why would somebody want to take it? Like, what is a hook in order to have them stop thumbing through on a paid ad or to actually click on that button while on your site? So understanding what the value that you would be offering to the customer in exchange for the value that they're delivering to you. And that value that they're delivering to you is their zero-party data. So zero-party data is data that is shared willingly and proactively from a customer to the merchant. And you can contrast that with first-party data, which is kind of captured passively, and that might be the transaction history or, or their geography or their engagement on your site or with emails. Second-party and third-party data is basically that, but packaged up and anonymized. It's great that you clarified that because I think some listeners will probably appreciate that you shared how, how that works. You kind of briefly touched on that point as well. And I'm really curious, like you said, the value, right? Like what kind of value can I as a brand offer the uh, people that I'm about to survey so that they will actually take the survey or the quiz? And how would that work? So like, if I imagine it, like we have a survey, be a type form, be on pre-hook, for example, like you mentioned, you know, how do we capture that interest? How do we get that person in to want to say, hey, yeah, you know, I love to fill out this quiz. I mean, like one of it was a really great point. The less questions you have to answer, the you know less friction you get, right? You know, if I have to answer like a 10, 20 page quiz, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm not going to do that. And like, if I just have to answer like maybe two or three points or maybe even just one question, then I'm probably more obliged to do that. What are some ways to entice people to fill out those surveys so they know that it's worth their time? Yeah, it will differ depending on what your product and what your end customers are like. But I think one framework is a curiosity gap, which is maybe to tease their interest. Humans just by nature want to learn more about themselves. And if you can ask a question, like one that I think is really great is, I believe is modern fertility. And that's a, a really important factor is like your fertility and, and how, you're, how you're going about it. Where do you stand? What do you need to do to have the best health? And so I forget exactly what the phrasing is, but essentially, are you fully prepared or do you know what you don't know about getting pregnant? And so <laughs> those are things where if you're a viewer on that ad, for example, it would pique your interest. And yeah, let me learn more about it so that I can be prepared. Ultimately, it's digging down deep into what are the intrinsic core fears or losses or points of curiosity that you can kind of poke at to have them click through and then learn more. Because ultimately, I think a quiz can be great in establishing authority and expertise. Robert Cialdini, for example, he has six core pillars in his book, Influence. And those two, expertise and authority, are key factors to establishing influence. And you can do that in a quiz where you, you're asking those questions and then establishing, here is what you need to do in order to maximize your chances of a healthy pregnancy, for example. So that's a really important step to establish the authority. And then therefore you, you can ultimately influence the customer towards doing the things that you are trying to do as a marketer, which is opt in with an email list. It is mm -hmm. add to cart. It is purchase. It is like purchase again. 
I just thought of another example, but this might not be exactly the same thing, but I, I guess they probably pick up a lot of information from it. So you probably see all these different quizzes that people like to take on Facebook, for example, where it's like, learn more about yourself. And, you know, they give you like, okay, hey, what's your favorite Star Wars character? Like, so what, what Star Wars character are you? And there is that level of curiosity, right? And if we can apply that correctly to your brand, for example, and, and that was a really amazing example. Never thought of that, obviously, but that makes a lot of sense because you're coming from a standpoint of it's like, you have, I want to say they have that authority, but they're like a domain expert, right? And you're just kind of coming in there and offering value and people want to find out more. I think that's brilliant. It kind of tickles people to want to actually get that quiz done because in a way they're finding out more about themselves. Yeah. BuzzFeed pretty much built an empire based on these quizzes and and the virality behind it. New York Times did the same because they are quite shareable and they're a way to kind of like establish a rapport in some sense, like, hey, GQ, I'm a Darth Vader type. What are you? That was like the incentive to share it. And then, of course, like it drives traffic and BuzzFeed's model is totally different. They're more impressions based, I think, rather than trying to sell something. But that is an interesting human phenomenon, that part, which is finding solace or comfort in a group and identifying in a personality. So one e-commerce example is beer brand does it. What type of beardsman are you? Beer brand is a beard, beard oil or beer products. Another one is hair code, which is a really interesting example. Hair code is a site that is owned by Procter & Gamble. So Procter & Gamble is one of the largest CPG brands in the world. And so they have like hundreds of brands under their umbrella of Procter & Gamble. So it might be like Old Spice or L'Oreal or whatever it is. And so ultimately for them, it's a data gathering play and they're getting people to go through this quiz. But for the customer, again, we're talking about like what the curiosity gap is. Is it like, what type of hair are you? And so there's certain hair types that people fall into. So it's just a, a very interesting customer experience because you go through it, you get very granular with the data that you're sharing, like where you live, what your routine is, what you currently used or what, type of hair you have with problems. All these things that Procter Gable finds incredibly valuable. And then at the end, you're categorized in. So it's not what type of Star Wars character are you, it's what your hair is. And so intrinsically, that's more important to me than identifying with like a fictional character. Exactly. So I'm learning about myself and then I know, okay, like at the end of the quiz, these Procter Gable products are most appropriate for my specific hair type and here's how I can purchase them. So it's a really seamless experience from customer engagement to sharing the data to capturing their lead, which I didn't mention, and then knowing which product is most appropriate. Exactly. I guess like to increase the amount of people that are going to be answering the survey. So do you think that there is a place for offering some level of incentives, for example, because some brands might offer discount codes, some typical ones that you might see are like vouchers, like $50 vouchers, if you answer this quiz and stuff like that. Does that become too pushy if people want to put that in their quiz outreach or is that like normal? What have you seen? Yeah, that's a whole other ball of wax, I think, is discounting strategy. I've maybe seen more that discounts undermine the brand value and ultimately eat into profit margins and and a strategy that you might want to avoid. There are other things that you can do. Take a quiz, get free shipping or free gift with purchase or join a club, as in like add your phone number or SMS and you join the community. So discounting, I, I think that might be like, store to store, it might differ. If you're yep. offering a discount anyway, you like drop in your email for 10%, maybe you can test like removing that, just say like, hey, join the newsletter. But then in the quiz, you can attach the discount and maybe you're getting more opt-ins and more engagement there. But I think if you look at what the engagement numbers are for a quiz versus a generic 
pop up, you'll see that the quiz generally would be far more engaging in terms of opt-ins. A standard site might get like a, a two to 5% opt-in. Clavio has some great benchmarks on opt-in rates by niche and industry, but the quiz completion rate that we see might be, of course it depends, but might be like 60 to 80% of anybody who starts a quiz will complete it. And wow. in completing it, you're adding in a phone number or an SMS or both. You get a product recommendation at the end, add to cart, and then it becomes a very simple checkout process, which is one of the main values of the quiz as well, which is simplifying the buying and purchase experience, making it easy so that I don't have to think through, pour through a lot of the inventory to understand which product makes most sense for me if I don't really know the products so well. So in terms of incentives to take the quiz, I think if you might get the curiosity gap or the hook to be effective enough, then you can stay away from a discounting strategy to get people to take it. But comparing apples to apples and opt-in versus taking a quiz, I think you'll see maybe like 3x or higher improvement on getting an email via a quiz versus a pop-up. Once people have answered the quiz or the quizzes, right, you already understand what type of customers you're looking at and also prospects, right? Let's just say prospective shoppers that you're looking at a different kinds of products that you have and you know what kinds of recommendations to go. And as a result, I can see how that makes sense that you have different follow-up campaigns, be it email, SMS, or whichever, and you're able to recommend the right products. And in that sense, it saves a brand a lot of time and also at some level, some amount of money as well, because now they're able to just recommend the right products through these channels and they don't necessarily have to pay extra to just like put ads in front of them. And of course, this can go back to their retargeting strategy perhaps, but I think it just makes the whole process a lot simpler in that sense. Because once you have that idea of your customer, what they want, it's a much easier sell. And so conversions go up as a result, right? Yeah, and you get that because like, Maybe historically, the most that you might've had from a customer would be first party data, what they purchase, yeah. how often they purchase, maybe the value of that customer where you can rank them in lifetime value. And then from there, you're making a lot of assumptions like GQ bought moisturizer. So maybe he has like normal skin, but we don't know that. Maybe you're giving it to a friend or a partner or something. But if we're able to say, hey, GQ, what type of skin do you have? What problems are you trying to solve for? How often do you use a moisturizer or where do you live? Some skin say, for example, it's a L'Oreal brand, another CPG brand. They're asking a lot of stuff to ultimately have a personalized recommendation at the end, as in a personalized routine specific to things like the climate, how much stress you're under, exercise, diet, hydration, all these random things, but very granular so that you have a, a personalized recommendation as opposed to I'm assuming these things because you bought this. So yep. there's a lot more detail and color that's being added with zero party data. I think this was one of our topics that we were discussing before when we were chatting on your podcast as well, that personalization is super key. Everyone's looking for a way to create a highly personalized experience, be it through customer service, be it through shopping experience, right? And can, like you said, once you have that survey information, you know what a person really likes, and then you can kind of put those products in front, even on the store itself. Because I know that there are other personalization tools as well that will help create better product recommendations as a result. So that kind of links together in a way, right? Absolutely. And then what you were touching on is basically, okay, there's, there's the onsite experience, but then there's a holistic, like omni-channel experience, which includes SMS, you know, on the back end, you are creating segments and the data that you're capturing in a quiz could just augment what you already have. 
One thing that I wanted to uh, check in with you as well, because I, I think we didn't talk about this previously, but where did the idea for Prehoop come about? What made you decide to build this application? Yeah, well, it's actually very similar to the first question is like, what problem are we trying to solve? And that was essentially <laughs> okay. like what it was. Realizing that merchants didn't know who was on their store and what they were looking for specifically. So I co-founded the product with, right now my two co-founders were developers at Jungle Scout. So we met as the founding team at Jungle Scout and realized that we wanted to build a product together. We had significant experience in the e-commerce SaaS space. So we started talking with merchants, like what is it that is a challenge for you? We thought that the idea of a quiz and something that makes it easier to personalize at scale was something that was interesting. We got validation from speaking with merchants. And then we built it out from there and launched early last year, 2021, and have been kind of like building it out. And this was even before things like iOS 15, iOS 14 made it far harder for merchants to rely on paid ads and more important to have their own direct channel with customers. Our ultimate goal is to improve conversion rate by simplifying the shopping experience online. Here, answer a few questions and we'll recommend the product. Accelerate list growth. Where can we send your recommendation or where can we share more information specific to your problem? So that's email and SMS. Now crypto wallet address as well. And then yep. zero party data, learning more about the customers. And that has become one of the most important parts of the quiz from the feedback that we've gotten from merchants. Oh, that's very cool. It sounds like you came in at the right time then. <laughs> I think so. And I think it's fully increasing in terms of what tools merchants need in order to learn more about their customers. And one thing I should mention as well, there are tools specific to this, you know, post-purchase surveys, but that's also another great data point to learn more about customers. Just to kind of recap, first of all, the problem that we're solving today is how to learn what your customers really want. And Gen has broken this down in summary. First of all, you got to understand what kind of data points you want to capture, right? And secondly, you want to create an engaging and educational quiz so that people will actually fill that out and you can have that information, grow your lists and understand what type of products or even new product ideas that might show up. And then number two, and I love that you use this term and it's using the curiosity gap to pique interest. And so people would actually want to fill out the quiz, they're intrigued by it. And number three, and you don't always have to use a discount strategy, but like you said, offer value as an incentive to take the quiz and share information. It doesn't always have to come in the form of vouchers, discounts to just fill that out. And then number four, and I love this part, it's offering value in the follow-ups that come after that, right? You know, be it email, SMS, paid ads, or the on-site experience. It's pretty much, as you said, a omni-channel approach to kind of following up and recommending things to them and offering value. So for listeners that want to get more information and learn more about this, you know, what are some of the resources that you can recommend? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing quizzes all day. And so I, I look at a ton of them. I've curated some of the best that I've found, you know, brands like Warby Parker or Glacier Glacier or Hims. There are a lot of brands that use it in different points in the customer journey, like Stitch Fix, for example, everybody has to take a quiz because that's what they need for their part of their onboarding. Or Warby Parker, it's kind of like an optional thing, but it might be nice because there's so many different skews of different glasses and sizes and stuff. But I've gathered them all together in one document, no email required. It's on prehook.com. Hopefully that is one helpful resource. I would love to help personally. Please feel free to reach out again, G-E-N at prehook.com. And another resource that I find helpful is browsing through reallygoodemails.com. That's 
a little bit different, maybe more of like the design and the copywriting part. But like we've discussed before, like I think that email is a super critical channel for e-commerce brands. Maybe 20 to 30% of all online revenue might come from email, just mm-hmm. as much from SMS. For SMS examples, Postscript has a, a really great one. I think really great texts or something, texts we love. And Attentive as well has a great resource of texts. So to kind of like fill out the communication part of after you get the email or SMS and then segmenting, I like to use those as resources of what really good emails or SMS look like. Very cool. And then for those that are interested in Prehook, they want to check this out and you guys should definitely check it out. They're really killing it, right? So if if people want to check out Prehook, what's the best way to get in touch with you or should you just go to prehook.com to get this set up? Yeah, prehook.com. There's a link. You have to be on Shopify in order to use it. So then it's just a link to the Shopify store. But yeah, I, I am always accessible. Email me, G-E-N at prehook.com or find me on Twitter, again, Furukawa on Twitter. I think that we are at this inflection point of customer data being a key competitive advantage and asset. And, you know, it's like the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago, second best time is today. And so there's no commitment to it, but it's it's simply a way to test. And like I said, I'm, I'm very confident that in terms of opt-in rate and cost per lead, you'll, you'll find a better investment by running paid traffic to a quiz as opposed to maybe just a straight opt-in. Again, thank you for sharing all these insights today. It was really wonderful having you on the show. Likewise, GQ, thank you so much. And thanks everyone for listening. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Now, we work really hard to produce this show to support you and your businesses. So we have a small favor to ask of you. If you could go and review the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing because we'd love to really hear your feedback. Let us know what you think of the show and what we should discuss in future episodes. We hope we've earned the five stars, but in any case, just let us know your opinions and that's how we can improve. And again, how we solve is more than just a show. We offer a full suite of services that can accelerate growth and maximize revenue for your business. So check us out at howwesolve.com. And before we go, just to round it off, we'd love to share a little bit more about something that might change the way you view podcasts. So if you ever wish you could highlight the podcasts that you're listening to Kindle style, so to speak, and share specific moments, you can now do it using the clever.fm app. That is C-L-E-V-E-R.fm. You can look for that in iOS or Android. So in addition to just doing the specific moments, you can also filter episodes by tags, transcribe your episode live, and of course, also click on links to things like books, articles, or definitions as you listen to the episode. So check out the app on iOS or Android by going to clever.fm and listen to how we solve for an enhanced experience. Is your e-commerce growing so fast that you can't keep up with supporting your customers in real time? Serve them better in any time zone and language. They will thank you with higher conversion rates and repeat purchases. We build and manage your own dedicated customer experience team of live chat and support agents. Get started today. Visit ltvplus.com. That's ltvplus.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.